You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. It may look like an ordinary podcast, but this one's bigger on the inside, and it can travel anywhere in time and space. Pack your sonic screwdrivers and your jelly babies. Grab your hats, scarves, and tighten your bow ties. You're the companion now. So get ready to run with your hosts, Jason Hunt and Paul Gann. This is Talking Time Lords. Hey everybody and welcome back to another exciting episode of Talking Time Lords. This is episode number 8, Rose. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, my companion on this podcasting adventure through time and space, we have Paul Gann. Alon Z! <laughs> How's it going, Paul? Hey, it's going great, dude. Awesome. Well, this episode is going to be fun. We're doing sort of a character breakdown, character analysis of uh, Rose Tyler this episode, so that'll be fun. Um, but before we jump into that, San Diego Comic-Con was this past weekend as of recording, and we got a, a, a trailer for Series 9 and a release date. Finally! Finally a release date. So, uh, Series 9 begins September 19th of 2015. That is a Saturday for all of those who want to watch Make sure you have Saturdays off the book. Um, no. <laughs> um, or just get the season on iTunes like I will, just to, in case I don't get home in time. Um, <laughs> what we want to do real quick is we are going to play for you the trailer, uh, and then we're going to talk about it for a little bit, and uh, then we will jump into our discussion about Rose Tyler. So without any further ado... Here's the trailer.
What took you so long, old man? And there you have it. Now, upon watching that trailer, it may have not been the smartest idea for a podcast to have a purely audio version of this thing. Um, <laughs> because there's hardly any dialogue in the trailer. <laughs> but for Works those... great for the YouTube video, though. It will, it will work great for the YouTube video. But <laughs> uh, for those of you who are going, okay, that was intense music and we got some a little bit of Doctor Who voiceover... Uh, what was the rest of it? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the rest of it here. So, never fear. Now, of course, the first of all, the trailer opens up with the TARDIS spinning along through space. Not time, just space. And then we see a bunch of clips of the, what looks to be kind of a some sort of space station, or maybe it's that underwater station that we're seeing later on because there's a bunch of small tubes uh, that the Doctor and Clara are running around and diving through doors and looking concerned over their shoulder. I don't know. What did you, first of all, before we jump into some of the more de- the details, what did you think overall of the trailer? I thought it was exciting. <laughs> uh, I thought it was action-packed. It's actually pretty fast. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there that just Boom, 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 just hits, you know, it gives you just enough imagery for your brain to register what you've seen before it moves on to something else. So it's very fast paced. Oh, yeah, extremely fast paced. There's not much for me anyways that I can get really in depth about in this trailer simply because um, it's just sort of like visual overload without actually telling you much of anything. Um, yeah. So uh, th- there's not a whole lot that you can grab on as far as like, aha, I predict this is what's going to happen, you know. Um, it's a little bit teaser-like. It's very teaser-like, and I feel like it's from maybe like four or five episodes. All of these shots in the trailer are from four or five episodes. Probably. Um, I would say that the the clip that we looked at with the the uh, looks like water in the floor i would say that's probably from the space station that we saw yeah the the substation the submarine mm-hmm. station underwater station thingy that's what i meant to say yeah. the underwater underwater station i'm i'm babbling um in case you couldn't tell but yeah the what what's also interesting is it looks like in this underwater station we have this new creepy set of villains that don't have eyes yeah hollow eyed freaks yeah <laughs> and they look a bit phantom e yeah like very they're much not so. all there not mentally just physically you know they're not all there physically <laughs> there's kind of a wispy kind of look to the to them i mean and it's not just because of the fast movement it's because they literally look like they have smoke coming off of them yeah they're a bit transparent. Uh, the Daleks are back. We have seen a Dalek in here. There's a lot of weird-faced aliens, some people looking very concerned that we haven't seen before. A lot of these things, I'm guessing, are new, completely new. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we know Missy is back. Now, what is that she sees? There's something behind her in the mirror she's looking in. Can you make out what that is? That is, looks like a, a laser sight. 
for a rifle of some sort. Uh, it's hit her mirror and it is coming towards her face. Uh, so she's she's looking a little compact, basically. Compact mirror. Yeah. And there's a laser sight that's in the mirror, and as you you'll watch, it sort of moves towards her face a little it, bit. It looks like she saw it right, yeah. you know, right before she put her mirror down. Yeah. The doctor, of course, has several instances where he's looking very concerned inside the TARDIS. There is a shot of a city here, which to me is very, very, very reminiscent of the Dalek city on Scarrow that we talked about way back in our, our episode review of the Daleks from the first episode, in, including the Daleks. I um, would love to see that uh, recur. Now, the one problem about, of course, with a city being on Scarrow is that we know Scarrow has been destroyed. Um, and we'll get to that eventually. Spoilers! And we'll get to that eventually <laughs> in, in one of our Dalek review episodes. Um but Scarrow should not exist. And so if this is, in fact, a Dalek city, and if it is on Scarrow, then what the heck is going on? And how is this happening? Unless, of course, they retconned that, and I'm just not aware of it. Or unless they traveled back in time uh, to a point before the destruction of Scarrow. That's possible, too. But since we know the Daleks are back, it would be really interesting if it's back on Scarrow in this city. So there's a guy who looks like he's got barbed wire for a face uh, (laughs) on around his face. Uh, Clara is in the space suit that we've seen several times uh, in the TARDIS. And the doctor looks like he's about ready to cry about something. uh, Not, not too friendly looking with that hair. Um, He has very intense eyes. Oh, he really does. Most of the doctors do, but this one in particular. Get another one of these wispy, hollow-eyed men appearing behind some people in these tunnels. Now, the couple of scenes that it showed of Missy, or the mistress, or master, or whatever you want to call her, have looked either like she was concerned about something, or that she was working with the doctor and Clara... There's a shot. They, they they don't look malevolent like some of the scenes that you've seen her in before. Right. There is a shot, and I don't. That remember. thing is creepy. Which thing? Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> that there's bug face thing. There's a <laughs> creepy bug face thing that's leaning over the doctor in one of these shots, and it's really disturbing. We've we've seen a couple of shots now where something looks like it's exploding in the TARDIS. The Doctor is trying to to control the TARDIS, and there are sparks and explosions going off inside of it, which is not unusual for Doctor Who episodes. (laughs) There is talk about the fact that he's... uh, that the voiceover where he's talking about how it never ceases to amaze him, how it's evil, and he wants to kiss it to death, that sort of thing. I have seen something where somebody is thinking that he's talking about the TARDIS in that voiceover. I think that the voiceover in the trailer is from two different speeches. I think uh, the one where he's talking about how it never ceases to amaze him is, you know, from one thing. And then the other, the rest of it is from a second discussion that he's having. Um, But I could be wrong. We will see. 
I don't know if it's about the TARDIS because the TARDIS has been like his best friend, his you know his closest companion. So I don't know why he'd be calling it evil, but I have heard that somebody speculated about that. Well, we know it's alive. Yes, the Doctor apparently jams out in one of these episodes. <laughs> he's got some sunglasses on and he's playing a guitar. Is that a Fender? I I don't I can't, know. I can't tell. <laughs> I don't know, but he appears to be rocking out pretty hardcore. There's that. There's this shot of Clara and Missy together, and they both look like they're concerned about the same thing. And this is where we get. This is where at least Paul and I get the idea that that they may be working with Missy, because Clara and Missy don't look like they're they're, you know, at at each other's throats in this shot. So of course it is like a one and a half second shot. So who knows what's going on? Um, <laughs> As are most of these clips, uh, the Doctor very gleefully puts on a pair of sunglasses. We see yeah. the sonic screwdriver flying through That's, a... That shot was straight out of the 80s, man. Oh, I know, with the sunglasses. <laughs> He's totally hamming it up for the camera and for Clara there. Um, he, you know, I wish they had shown that before we got the clip of the Doctor rocking out on the guitar. Because it looks like it's the same episode. <laughs> see the sonic screwdriver flying through what looks like a smoky battlefield and then the last voiceover that he says is I'm the doctor and I save people which is nice to hear this doctor say because he wasn't sure if he was a good person last season he's got different hair in this season too his hair's all over the place in this season it's more reminiscent uh, at least to me of the third doctor yep John Pertwee there's a lot of uh, connections back to Pertwee um, that this doctor has made his, his coat in particular with the red lining uh, is similar to the the cape with the red lining that John Pertwee was fond of wearing. And then, of course, after we get Doctor Who, September 19 or 19 September, <laughs> we get a couple of shots here of a young woman taking off a mask and looking at the doctor. The doctor says, you. Like, he knows who she is, and he's seen her before. And what kept you, old man, is her response, and then it ends. And it's like, who is this? We know the yeah. actress's name is Maisie Williams, but <laughs> as to who she is, what her character is, I have no clue. I know who I would like for it to be. <laughs> <laughs> and who would you like for it to be? Romana. <laughs> we could get another time lord in here that would be great um, oh yeah if she regenerated into Maisie Williams and came back for an episode or two or maybe came back as a new companion because it's been my theory for a while that Clara will leave this season of course I said that about the Christmas episode last year so that was actually a good way to end her arc if they chose to do so yeah uh, but but she's back. We know she's back. And I I like Clara, but I think the character has overstayed her welcome, in my opinion. I like the chemistry between her and Matt Smith better than I do the chemistry between her and Peter Capaldi. Yeah. Uh, just to be honest about it. Yeah. Well, we'll see but how that, that changes. Could change, you know, it could change this season. So, But, you know, here's a theory. You know, Maisie Williams, whoever this character is at the very end, perhaps... She becomes the next companion. That'd be kind of cool. 
So I still want that to be Romana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just think that would be so awesome. It would be uh, cool. Then all they'd have to do is bring back K9 and we'd be set, right? <laughs> Affirmative. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but we know K9 uh, lives with Sarah Jane Smith now. Well, at least well, one version of K9. What happened to Sarah? Well, Sarah? Sarah's still out there. The actress may not be, but Sarah's still out there. Oh, I love but Sarah Jane. There's more than one version of K9, but... Yes, yes. Uh, we, we could get, you know, like I've said, we could get Mark 57... Um, <laughs> K9 Mark 57 and bring him on board the TARDIS I'd be okay with that you know stick K9 in the back closet when you don't need him but have him around for when it'd be fun to have him so you know you could always do with little tin dog um. <laughs> oh well I miss the tin dog I do too any, any final <laughs> thoughts about this trailer before we we wind up our discussion and talk, I'm extremely Rose. intrigued. I, I really want to see where this is going. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really curious. There's, like I said before, there's not a lot to really like latch onto other than oh, that's cool, that's creepy. What is that? You know, and of course, everybody at the end is who the heck is Maisie Williams? You know, who is? Of course, that? it. I guess it could also be Susan, right? I I don't think they're going to do that. <laughs> it, if they bring Susan back, they're going to put it in a time period where the actress can come back and portray Susan in my opinion, because Carol Ann Ford was on the set of Doctor Who a while back, you know, visiting the set and said she'd love to come back, so Yeah, I would I would like to see that too. That would be cool. And now P- Peter Capaldi will tell anybody who will listen that he wants Susan to come back. So, but, but yeah, as far as the, the trailer itself, it's exciting. It gets me interested and it just, I'm, I'm almost more excited about the fact that we have a release date than anything else in the trailer. Um, <laughs> so now I know when to, when to expect this to, to arrive. Well, it also gives us a, a time frame to be able to plan out our episodes as well. I love that too. That too. <laughs> um, I don't think we'll get all of our Dalek review episodes done before then. I can just about guarantee that. I don't think so, no. Because there's a lot of those. <laughs> and the next one we talk about is going to have to be split into two parts. But we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. Um, it's, it's a begging. It's a begging. That's for sure. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm super glad we got the trailer. There's some really cool imagery in there. If you haven't seen the trailer, please go check it out. It looks really cool. But I, like I said, I don't have a whole lot to say about it, about it other than that looks cool. And thank God we have a release date, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so well, it, it did it did give us a little bit, but not not really enough to be able to speculate too much about. Right. Unless you're out there looking at all the speculation and rumor sites and stuff like that, which I am not. So I tend not to do that with Doctor Who. Yeah. So. Now, if we're talking about other stuff, sometimes I tend to do that with other stuff. But Like you know, Star Wars? I, I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not with Doctor Who. Yeah. I, I, I'm generally uh, someone who <laughs> likes to stay away from spoilers, period. So, which is kind of hard when you have a podcast. 
Yeah. But anyway. Um, <laughs> because you could you could technically just be trying to get news about something and then end up, you know, oop, there's a spoiler site, you know. Right. Although we have gotten <laughs> a couple of um, episodes confirmed as the, the name and who's in some of the episodes. That has happened, which is how we know that Missy... The master, and this may be a slight spoiler warning. So if you uh, you don't want to to hear this, plug your ears for the next five or ten seconds. But the master, Missy, whoever you want to call her, uh, she will be back in the first two episodes. Uh, the magician's apprentice and the witch's familiar, which is a two part story. So, which is kind of interesting considering she was in the last two episodes. Yeah. Well, then we had the Christmas special to break it up, but... Technically, though, that could be a standalone if you really want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's interesting. It's interesting we've already got her coming back. They've announced it. They haven't really been, like, trying to hide it or anything. I would have preferred, and I pro- if I was in charge, I probably would have uh, saved her for a little bit later. Because there's, you know, you're, there's no way she's not coming back now that they've they've resurrected the master mistress missy again gosh that's gonna drive me nuts there's nine, <laughs> three different names for this character now and it's gonna drive me i'm just gonna call her the master because that's the original <laughs> mistress <laughs> no the master um k9 mistress no no it's gonna be like you with the war doctor you know you want to call you want to have the war doctor be number nine and i want missy to be the master just call her the master that's her name that's that's not okay i'm cool with that (laughs) but yes the war doctor is number nine (laughs) (laughs) all right well before we devolve into uh time spats um why don't we just die you know change topics here um, <laughs> let's talk about Rose. We we decided to start off with our our character uh, analyses or character breakdowns, if you will, uh, with Rose for a couple of reasons. One, we wanted to shake things up because we've been spending a lot of time in classic Doctor Who, and we know that uh, there are plenty of fans out there who are not as familiar with the classic episodes as we are, and we want to make sure that you know, we hit both ends of the Doctor Who spectrum. And also, she's a great character to start with because, you know, it's almost like we restart Doctor Who through Rose's eyes when we get Christopher Eccleston as the Doctor. It's exactly uh, like that, actually. So, so yeah, let's, let's talk Rose. She's obviously just, you know, normal, everyday... 19-year-old who's working in a shop <laughs> and then the doctor has to come along and blow up where she works. You know, she didn't do anything. She just went down to turn in the lottery money and uh, <laughs> the security officer's dead and the mannequins are walking. <laughs> and then run. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run. Yeah, run for your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
he I love of course that. you know introduces her, <laughs> himself to her and in one of the most interesting things um Rose actually gets to sort of research the doctor before joining him on the TARDIS which is something I don't think any of the other companions got to do um <laughs> which I just thought was funny she goes and she researches who he is what's you know what he's about that sort of thing and then almost goes and finds him although the 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 not adipose the auton there we go the auton hand followed her home which leads the doctor to her house which is funny weird <laughs> autons by the way have been around since the third doctor so uh, they were giving a shout out to class, classic Whovians, uh with the uh, the walking mannequins there uh, at the beginning of, of same flip open handguns and everything. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's that's classic Auton. Although the the mannequins have updated a lot since the seventies. Um, <laughs> but anyways. Rose ultimately helps the Doctor save London from the Autons and decides to go traveling with him when he assures her that the TARDIS is actually a time machine, too. So she just, in a move that's kind of weird to me, just runs off into the TARDIS, leaving Mickey, her boyfriend, standing there watching the whole thing. Bye, Mickey! And she takes off. <laughs> Without a second thought, almost. Right. <laughs> um, what did you that? think? What did you think of, of Rose in, in that first episode there with, with well, in Rose? I guess. Well, I think, I think it said something about her relationship with Mickey because uh, you know, if she was really dedicated to Mickey, I think she would have taken him with her. <laughs> just, of course, he had com- just a thought, you know. He had completely. There was no way he was going at that point. He was like, no, 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 no. He's an alien. He's one of them. Oh, my gosh. You know, he's freaking out. So, <laughs> Of course, you know, he did get turned into a plastic uh, mannequin, or at least a replicant was made of him. You yeah. Know. <laughs> I think yeah, that, that happened. Might. And he got eaten by a trash can, you know. <laughs> Which is still weird. But very funny. It was it was funny, but just wait, what? Just got eaten by a trash can. Oh, but, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bring. We're not, okay, that reminds me. As a kid, there was this place called the Discovery Zone that I went to, which was a bunch of like jungle gym, indoor jungle gym stuff, and mm-hmm. you know games and that sort of thing that you could play. And one of the ones I went to as a kid, they're all like I think. Uh, out of business now because everybody just stays at home and plays video games instead of going out places. But it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. But I remember as a kid, they had a clever way of helping, of getting all the kids to help pick up the trash, and the trash can would talk. <laughs> you'd you'd hit the the little door to, to throw funny. something away, and it would say something. And it had a couple of different things, and you know, one of them was nom nom, you know, tastes good or whatever. Um, and it was just weird and funny, but it sort of reminds me of that with when it's Mickey funny. gets eaten by the trash can. <laughs> anyway, random side tangent that had absolutely no relevance whatsoever, but it's there. Um, <laughs> it's funny, actually. But yeah. So, what do you think is? Uh, 
the next major milestone that we get with with Rose? Ah, uh, major milestone. Well, she was at the uh, she was at the party at the end of the Earth. She was more in peril, I think, in that than she was um, anything else. The Doctor pretty much handled that on his own. I, I do think. I don't. I don't want to skip too far ahead, but I, I do think that uh, uh, it was funny to see her hanging from uh, a balloon over <laughs> over London. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, um, um, I'm going to skip back just a little bit. Well, first but, of yeah, all, I, I was thinking. You know, that was too far ahead. First of all, it was kind of cool that she got <laughs> to meet Charles Dickens, which is still one of my favorite episodes of The Ninth Doctor. I love the Oh, Charles I forgot Dickens. about that. That's I Yeah. The Charles Dickens episode. But I wanted to go back to, you know, she first goes home to visit her family, pick up some stuff and, you know, visit her mom, say hi. And she's been gone a year <laughs> rather than like you know, 12 days or whatever it was. The doctor made her think that she was going to be gone a couple of days. Yeah. She comes back and it's an entire year and everybody's freaking out. Everybody's freaking out. There's there's, there's posters out with her face on them. And Mickey's been, you know, arrested a couple times by the police on suspicion of murder. Um, you know, it's just... He's, not... dating, he's dating somebody else. Because uh, he got tired of waiting for her to come back. Right. <laughs> and that's not a good situation. But in a very interesting thing, she's, you know, she says, no, I'm going back out with the doctor. You can't stop me. But her mom knows. Mickey knows, you know, all about the doctor now. So, which is kind of interesting. And her mom slapped him. <laughs> As she should have. <laughs> you know. He's like... All these years, I've never been slapped by somebody's mother. <laughs> and then she slaps him twice, I think. <laughs> or at least again. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was an interesting situation for her. <laughs> but um, she also meets a Dalek for the first time. That was what I was fixing to bring up. Yeah. Uh, the doc and she gets to see the doctor in a in a light that she hasn't before. You know, the doctor is obviously very emotionally. Uh, I won't say traumatized, but that's kind of the best word for it. So I'll just say traumatized, uh, emotionally traumatized by the time war uh, against the Daleks. And so, and we don't know very much about it. We know that the, you know, it seems like the Time Lords lost, but it also seems like the Daleks lost. And, of course, you know, the Doctor has said he's the last of the Time Lords, and so what exactly happened? But that's all we really know. Um, but he finds this one Dalek alone on Earth in a bunker underneath the, the Nevada desert, which is not too far from where I live, actually. Um, it's about an hour plane ride uh, to get up to Las Vegas uh, from where I live. But, yeah, it's... A very interesting situation in in a weird set of circumstances, Rose kind of connects with the Dalek and almost empathizes with it. She tries to uh, reach out to it to show it compassion because she's never seen one before. She doesn't know anything about it. She touches it. And when she touches it, it allows it to restore itself. Mm -hmm. And... I remember when I first watched this episode, 
I was like, wait, wait, whoa, wait a minute. How how can her touch restore its armor? I I can understand how it could restore its genetic tissue, but how can it restore its armor? And what we discovered was uh, it was actually explained a little bit better in season two um, that time lord or time travelers, anybody that travels uh, in a TARDIS or in another type of time machine, actually. Um, collects background radiation uh, that is able to be used by the Dalek as a power source. Mm -hmm. And so it was able to use that background radiation from her touch uh, to restore not only its genetic material, but also its armor as well, which they did not really explain that at at first. Uh, It kind of threw me off at first because I was like, I I can understand how it could restore its genetic material, but how is how is it using her to restore its armor? You know, right? Um, and it but makes the, a lot more sense once they've explained it. Yeah, it's the the radiation, and of course we know the Daleks need radiation. So, right. But it's interesting in connecting with Rose's DNA, the Dalek ends up developing emotions and sort of connects with Rose. Uh, and is unable to kill her, and un- unable to exterminate her. Um, Which is interesting, considering that it kills everybody else. Right, right. <laughs> it has no problem killing everybody else, but Rose is another issue. Um, and it was because she was kind to it. Yeah. Which is also a weird thing for us who know the Daleks, and it's like, you are not kind to Daleks, you destroy them before they exterminate you. Gosh, Rose. But of course, Rose doesn't know this, and it's interesting that at the end of the day, the unlocking the Dalek's emotions, basically, the Dalek needs Rose's order in order to commit suicide. And Rose has to give that order, which is kind of kind of tough for a 19 year old because it basically begs her to let it kill itself right um and this is the first time that she actually sees the dark side of the doctor uh of course we'll get a little bit more into that a little bit later but um she at this point starts to help bring the doctor back out of his darkness and help him become the man he used to be. Right. Right. Out of this this darkness from the time war, the darkness he descended into from the time war, and sort of reclaim the name Doctor. Um, because as we know, the war Doctor does not think he deserves that name. And I'm actually in the middle of reading the war Doctor novel right now, and he doesn't have a name. He doesn't go by name. He says, I, I used to go by doctor you know now i don't have a name so it's it's really kind of interesting but yeah so how do was... you write a how do you write a book about a character with no name well i mean he <laughs> the the character that he that is he's going on the adventure with right now who he picked up um asked asked what his name was and he says i don't have a name i used to go by one, but I don't have one. And she she pushes him, and he finally says, "Well, I used to go by the doctor," and so she just calls him doctor, uh, whether he wants it or not. You know. Okay. There's that. 
So he is number nine. (laughs) (laughs) But everybody, all the other doctors tried to forget him. So to them, he's not. He's just the war doctor or the war guy. The war guy. Uh, Anyways, um, we're not talking about the war doctor today. I have to poke the bear with the stick, you know. (laughs) Let it go, will you? Um, (laughs) Never. Never. As long as you call Missy the master, I'm okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's get back to Rose here. Uh, I I think the next big thing... um, that we see with Rose is from the episode Father's Day where she goes back and meets her dad uh, because her mom has told her all these wonderful stories about uh, Peter Tyler. It's Peter, right? I'm not completely crazy. Okay, good. Oh my gosh. For a second there, I thought I was completely messing that up. Um, But yeah, she gets to meet Peter Tyler and he actually finds out who she is and she's from the future. And it's actually a very touching episode. Um, although sometimes I get a little uncomfortable watching it for some reason. I don't understand why, but it's like, ah, why are you doing this messing with history? You shouldn't be doing that. Ah! Um, but in the at the end of the day, she's able to be there for Peter Tyler when he dies, which is you know, really all she really wanted, even though she tried to rewrite history to save him. Right. It's funny. We get this episode here where rewriting history is a, you know, very dangerous thing to do. But then in later seasons, they start rewriting history and we don't get these, these, you know, I forget what they're called. Um, but the parasites that come back, they look like grim reapers a bit, but now, of course, they play with the idea a little bit, but uh, I know in that episode, the doctor tells her, I can do this because I know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing, you know? <laughs> so I, I'm i assuming that uh, that's kind of the way they explain it away, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it, interesting because... It's a rather rules, dark story, you know? The rules of the paradox seem to get more lax as they go. <laughs> Anyway, we'll, that's a that's a different. Well, topic considering that we've had several storylines with multiple doctors in it, yeah, uh, that's a paradox in itself. Well, but you kind of have to do that sometimes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I really liked um, the the performance there from Billy Piper. Um, in Father's Day. She was really good in that episode. Um, but uh, you wanted to bring up some stuff from uh, The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. Yeah, Empty Child, uh, to me, that showed kind of sort of the transition of how the how Rose was affecting the Doctor in a positive way. Because you know her influence on him... It's kind of, you know, kind of evident at the end of it, you know, where he's got that big grin on his face and he says, just this once, everybody lives, you know, Uh, that, you know, 
joy that he's expressing uh, is not something that he was necessarily showing at the beginning of the season. You know, right? Uh, he 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 was smiling and stuff, but he wasn't joyful. You know, he wasn't. He it was more like it was show. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna put my mask on so that nobody knows how how I'm how much I'm hurting on the inside or whatever. And <clears throat> I think that just as much as uh, Sarah Jane Smith affected the Doctor uh, in positive ways, I think Rose did as as much of that, or maybe even more, because of the dark uh, times that the Doctor was coming out of, especially. Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. She definitely, as you said, has a, had a very positive impact on him, and because of that, the Doctor starts feeling uh, this connection to Rose, uh, an mm-hmm. emotional connection that he hasn't really had with most of his other companions. Um, and we'll get a little bit more into that later. But it it is almost like they're they're sort of moving from friends and traveling companions to maybe maybe something a little bit more which is weird to me and it, it caught me off guard at first especially because you know when i was watching doctor who i i had seen the some of the previous doctor stuff um and none of the other one none of the other ones had romantic relationships at all um, right especially not with their companions but we were sort of getting the idea especially with you know the doctor dances and the way that uh, that the almost sort of jealousy but that happens between the doctor and Jack Harkness and he keeps poking uh, fun at Jack you know he's like he'll 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 get with anything that's got two legs or four right. legs or six legs you know <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> right implying he has no standards um which may be true. Um, <laughs> I, I kid. I jest. It reminds me of uh, a scene from uh, one of those horror movies I watched back in the day. I, I think it was uh, uh, Urban Legend where the uh, – I think it's the dean of students is talking about one of the missing victims. And he says he's probably in a hotel room somewhere with a boy or a girl or a farm animal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's Jack. <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, yeah we, we sort of get this the sort of jealous, this sort of you know playful jesting jealousy that happens about the doctor uh, happens with the doctor about Rose when it comes to Rose and Jack, uh, which is kind of funny to see. Um, but this is really kind of where that starts to pick up. Um, I only will, I'm only going to mention Boomtown. You know where they go back and find the Sladeen who's hiding out in Cardiff, um, right. because I'm only going to mention it for the brief moment that you know Rose. This is where Rose learns about the heart of the TARDIS and where it is and where you can access it, um, which of course is very important for the next two episodes, um, which is the finale for uh, series one with the Ninth Doctor. That, of course, being Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways, uh, in, in which it's kind of, you know, Rose ends up saving the day here. At a, at a, at a cost. At a cost. 
Uh, of course, you know, the doctor tricks her into the TARDIS, sends her back to her own time and place because he knows he's not going to be able to do anything to stop the Daleks from destroying everything and taking over Earth. Uh, I forget which century that is. 50-something, maybe? I could be wrong. They visit Earth so many different times, I just lose track of when they're visiting. I'm just, I just know that's in the future. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, the Doctor sends her back, and she's doing everything she can to get back to him. And finally, when nothing else works, she opens up the TARDIS console and looks well, into... Mickey does it she, with, she, with a really big truck. With a really big truck, <laughs> yes. She she gets him to do it. Uh, I, I like how the, you know... I, I say car... that because the, uh, the episode that I just finished watching, uh, I think two days ago, Mickey was talking to somebody about... Uh, how he saved the universe with a really big truck, yes. you know. <laughs> yes, that was, uh, I've got the episode list right here. That was probably Age of Steel. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, though, his his car isn't doing anything, and so all of a sudden, Jackie. Well, it looks like a peanut on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, it does. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. But of course, Jackie comes around the corner with the giant. It's, it looks have, like it's a semi truck tow truck. We're gonna have to talk about Mickey next. I, maybe Mickey's funny. Mickey's, I like Mickey. Um, but they're uh, able to help get the. Uh, the TARDIS console open. Uh, Rose, of course, looks into the heart of the TARDIS, which you're not supposed to do. No. But she doesn't know that. Um, and tells the TARDIS to take her back. And, of course, she now has the entire, what is it, the time stream? or the, the She can see the, everything. She's, the, the, the time vortex her, is, is yeah. like traveling through her. The doctor told her that by looking inside of it, she was looking at the whole of time and space. Yeah. But she's got all the the power of the the time vortex basically running through her. She turns the Daleks into dust. She resurrects Jack Harkness. She becomes a completely different entity at this point. Yeah, she, which we name the Bad Wolf. Yes. She creates herself by leaving all of these Bad Wolf hints that we've seen throughout the season so far uh, in place. Which is kind of a paradox, but we won't mention that. Um. <laughs> well, not only that, she gets the name from a different location uh, from her future as well. We found that out later. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, in doing so, she's exposed herself to a power that no human body can actually withstand or human mind can actually withstand, and so the doctor uh, kisses her in order to draw out all that vortex energy or whatever it is. And I'm blanking on the technical term for it. But all right, not. let's let's be honest. He wanted to kiss her anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it just so happened that that was uh, the the best way. 
to absorb the time vortex energy. And of course, it's even too much for a time lord to withstand. So he has to regenerate. Yeah. Um, and the TARDIS wiki says that she is only the third companion, or well, one of three companions to be directly responsible for the Doctor regenerating. Uh, that being, the other two, of course, being Wilfred Mott, another great character that we'll have to do one of these episodes on, uh, and Perry Brown, who caused the fifth Doctor to regenerate into the sixth. Um, Which I've not seen yet. No. And that is one of the best episodes of the fifth Doctor. Uh, Caves of Androzani, for those who want to go check that out. Highly recommend it. But Which, it's one of, you know, one doing, of his better ones. Doing this makes it very difficult for me to watch all this stuff in order. You realize that, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you have no qualms about watching things in order then go check it out. If you have qualms about watching things in order, wait till you get there. Um, But yeah, so she's sort of just standing there and the doctor's like, you know, guess what? You, you know, you were fantastic. You know what? So was I still Hmm. one of my favorite, you know, farewell lines of any doctor. And he regenerates in front of her and she has no idea what the heck to make of it. And, you know, David Tennant becomes the doctor and she has no idea if this is actually really the doctor. And she has no idea how to deal with this. New teeth. New teeth, yeah. <laughs> and he sort of like, you know, gets them back to Earth and then promptly, you know, convulses and passes out. Uh, get, gets them back to Earth is is a nice way of putting it. He crashes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was being kind. Um, you know, regeneration sickness and all that. It's a bit like, you know, hibernation sickness. Anyways. <laughs> now I'm the one bringing Star Wars jokes into it. Um, <laughs> what did you think of, of, you know, Rose with this whole regeneration thing? I think she was just as weirded out as anybody else would have been. Uh, <laughs> she's like, what? The, the, what? The different face? What? Wait, different personality, you know. <laughs> and there was a difference, of course, in his personality. It wasn't quite as extreme as some of the others uh, have been as far as the you know, divergence from one to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it most definitely was uh, a shock to her. And I think, I strangely enough, you know, I think she took it a lot better than her mother and Mickey did. <laughs> Um, because her, her mom especially was like, you're, you're out of your mind. This can't be the same guy, you know? And, uh, you know, she took Rose at her word and believed her, you know, he had the same clothes on. So, you know, something was, you know, strange there. Of course, I love the, I love the, the, the scene with the, the, uh, killer Christmas tree, you know? (laughs) She whispers, help me. She puts the sonic screwdriver in his hand, whispers, help me. He bolts up in bed and, yeah, you know, sonic screwdriver apparently does not agree with killer Christmas trees. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's weird because uh, the Christmas invasion is almost more Rose's episode than it is the doctor's because he's asleep for most of it. 
Um, he doesn't actually make a real appearance until the end. Right. And he gives us an opportunity to see her interact with her family and everything. And, you know, it's kind of nice. Harriet Jones, prime minister. Um, <laughs> yes, we know who you are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I saw, uh, I saw the, uh, the episode with the Daleks, uh, and even the Daleks said, "Yes, we know who you are." Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. <sighs> I, love, I love Harriet Jones. I always thought the Doctor overreacted in the Christmas Invasion, and you know, deposing her basically. Um, but that's that's a topic for another another story, another episode. But anyways. Uh, she, you know, with the doctor being out of commission and aliens invading London, she sort of decides to take the doctor's place, which is kind of, um, ballsy, if for lack of a better word, for a, you know, 19, 20 year old girl who has no real intergalactic diplomatic experience. Um, <laughs> she basically took all of the lingo and everything that she had heard him use and started using it herself. Uh, sort of kind of like a similar situation as to what Barbara did uh, in the uh, Dalek invasion of Earth when she was trying to trick the Daleks with the the fake battle plan. Yes, uh, the, the litany of generals. and Yeah, the, she, she kind of did the same thing, only you know, trying to pass herself off as the doctor. Right. Which is kind of impressive, but also the, one of the in, more interesting things from Rose's perspective uh, in regards to the whole regeneration <clears throat> issue is, you know, she's also, you know, while the doctor is sort of falling for her, she's definitely, definitely fallen for the doctor. And, you know, with the new personality, the new face, everything, mm -hmm. you know, is he going to be the same person? Does he? Will he still, you know, have an interest in her, and that sort of thing? And that—that's one of her big driving issues. Uh, well, maybe not big, but one of her, you know, driving issues in this episode is you know trying to figure out where do where do the two of them stand as far as this relationship is concerned, as and, far as the way they interact is concerned. And it's kind of funny because she never you know, changes the way that she interacts with him, but he basically has to start all over again and, you know, forge an entirely new romantic relationship with her from the beginning, uh, because he is a different personality at mm -hmm. this point. Um, and so even though he has the memories of what happened before, he doesn't have the same emotional, uh, how would you put it? The same emotional response that he might mm -hmm. have, uh, with a previous incarnation. Right. But they, they get to work on, on that and, you know, go on a whole <laughs> bunch of adventures and have a whole lot of fun. I think one of my favorite things uh, is school re school reunion where they run into Sarah Jane Smith and Mickey. Uh, I love this episode. And K-9, I love this episode because, you know, it's great because Rose finally gets to talk to a previous companion. You know, Obviously, they're a little bit touchy about, you know, who yeah. actually likes the doctor more, you know. Yeah, you, you almost get the impression that they are jealous of one another, not necessarily for the same reason, but, you know, they're, they're like, you know, well, he likes me better. No, he likes me better. No, he <laughs> likes me better, you know. Right. Um, and considering that there are some similarities between them already, 
it, I thought it was really interesting uh, interaction to see them kind of, I don't want to say battling each other uh, verbally, but, you know, just kind of like poking the bear with the stick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the scene where they're trying to one up each other about, you know, the places they've been and the aliens they've defeated and, you know, that sort of thing. Um <laughs> And then, of course, they just realize what, you know, it gets so ridiculous, they realize what they're doing, and they're just like, oh, forget it. And by the end of it, they're making fun of the doctor behind his back, you know, together, which is great. Um, you know, by the end of it, they're they're fast friends, and that's really does, nice Does he see. still stroke the TARDIS? <laughs> it's so weird, you know. He, he talks to it, yeah, I guess. You know. Which, of course, you know, <laughs> the doctor goes from, you know, sort of enjoying the attention to extremely uncomfortable about the whole situation in a matter of seconds. Well, it's um, like it's like your current girlfriend meeting your ex-girlfriend kind of thing, you know, and then they become friends. <laughs> and that's never a good thing. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> but. You know, one of the more interesting things that comes out of this episode is that Rose's f- current slash former boyfriend, I don't know where you categorize Mickey in this relationship anymore, <laughs> um, ends up joining the TARDIS. He's the tin dog. He's the tin dog. <laughs> um, although they don't. You know, they get rid of that awkwardness rather quickly because the next big thing is, uh, you know, they go to a parallel Earth where the Cybermen are being created. And they we get the first New Who incarnation of the Cybermen. And, of course, at the end of that, Mickey decides to stay behind. So we end that really awkward, you know, will she, won't she with Mickey or the Doctor situation, uh, which I was very thankful for. One of the thing, one of the little things that kept bugging me about Amy and Rory is the will she, won't she. <laughs> there, uh, so I was glad when they got rid of, you know, Mickey and the will she, won't she. Uh, well, it, it wasn't Mickey here. that I had a problem with. It was the triangle that I had a problem with. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Mickey basically made the decision. He said, "You know, look, I'm better than." you know, somebody that's going to have to just wait around to see what she's going to do. You know, I'm going to stay here where I actually matter. Right. But, you know, and while that's part of what happens uh, when they go to the parallel earth, of course, the big thing is that she meets parallel Peter Tyler, uh, parallel Jackie Tyler, and there's no Rose Tyler. So that's a little, well, there's, there's a Rose. She's the dog. Pomeranian. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> because because Jackie was so shallow that she wouldn't have children because she was afraid it would ruin her figure. Yeah, uh, which of course you know her her father was not happy about. But no, but you know <clears throat> we, we get to sort of set up the idea that that you know of course Jackie dies at the end of that uh, storyline. That Jackie dies. Um, and I, I honestly, uh, I, I thought it was really uh, somewhat terrifying to to see Rose standing there looking at, for all intents and purposes, her mother as a Cyberman. 
Yeah. Um, she kind of freaked out. Yes, she did. And I did, too. I was like, oh, you did that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh. but at the end of it, it sort of sets up this idea that Rose now has a mother back in her own time and place and right. universe. But then she's actually got a living father in this parallel time right. universe. So, uh, but it's very difficult to to travel back and forth between parallel universes. It's not it shouldn't happen. to happen. It shouldn't happen, and it's not supposed to happen, but it did. Any other important moments for Rose that you wanted to get to before we, you know, get to Army of Ghosts and Doomsday? Uh, I thought it was funny in the hospital with all the cat nurses uh, when she got her body snatched. Oh, yes. That was back in uh, New Earth. Uh, <laughs> by by Cassandra. Yes, Cassandra. Um, that was actually, I thought, a pretty funny uh, scenario because um, he, not only did you get to see uh, Billy uh, have uh, bigger acting chops with that because she got to you know be a completely different character, you also got to see David Tennant do the same thing. <laughs> Um, because they both became Cassandra at one point. Oh, yes. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, and, and I also thought it was pretty funny when uh, she uh, she found Cassandra, well, Cassandra led her to her uh, to try to steal her body. And she asks her, she says, I thought you were dead. And she says, well, that other piece of skin came from the front of my body. This piece of skin comes from the back of my body. And she's, without missing a beat, Rose says, oh, so you're talking out of your... And then she gets interrupted. <laughs> don't say it. Yes, yes, don't say it. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> They've got some cheeky lines Rose in Doctor Rose has Who. some of the coolest little quips, I think, you know. Uh, as opposed to some of the other characters, she, you know, of course, uh, we all know that, that Donna's got some really great lines, too. But yes, uh, Rose, uh, I think she just has that, that quirkiness that, you know, she's got that really fast mind that, you know, she automatically thinks of something, you know, smart aleck to say or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, just some kind of little joke to, to uh, you know kind of keep people off balance I think sometimes and yeah. and one of the I things that something I, she picked up from the doctor I think one of the things that I noticed uh, especially toward the end of season two uh, it well it was all through season two but it became more and more and more prominent uh, throughout season two was they would go to some place and they you know when they would get out of the TARDIS they would make comments like but what if there's something bad that's going on? Are we going to leave? You know, and then they would laugh and be like, nah, you know. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, making those kind of jokes and stuff because it was almost like this is old hat for us now. We're so used to doing this that, it, you know, uh, we can handle anything together, you know. Right. Um, and I thought that was really uh, kind of neat to just. So, yeah, no, though, that is really cool. I, I liked it because they, they really got into this rhythm. Uh, together, especially Tennant and, and Rose, you know, more even more so than 
uh, Eccleston and Rose. They got in this rhythm of, you know, well, we land somewhere, we're going to go figure out what's going on, and we're going to fix it. Because this is what we do, and we have fun doing it. You know, that's <laughs> basically, you know, basically, you know, their, their M.O. Um, and they did that all throughout season two. Mm-hmm. But uh, was there anything in particular that you wanted to bring up about the Impossible Planet, Satan Pit, Fear Her? Oh, Satan Pit. Oh, dude. Well, that was more of like a <laughs> that was more of a doctor centric pair of episodes I don't know. than a rose. Uh, they they were they were really independent on that one because the doctor was doing his thing and Rose was completely doing her own. Well, that's true. Uh, she took control of the situation with the Ood, um, mm-hmm. you know, and she really, I think, in at least in my opinion, she kind of came into her own in that story because uh, she motivated everybody to stop, you know, worrying about uh, their own independent uh, worries and come together as a unit to be, you know, able to overcome the adversity that they were looking at. And yes, she had a little bit of prodding from the doctor to get her started. But once she, you know, once she really, you know, got into that role, you know, I mean, she actually was the one who ended up defeating the villain at the end of the thing. You know, that's, that is true. Uh, Because she spaced him. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Bye. (laughs) I thought that was really good, you know. Of course, I mean, they had, you know, the doctor had to sweep in at the last minute and save everybody, you know, from going into the black hole. But you know, it was really Rose that saved the day more than the doctor, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. She dealt with the villain and he was the cleanup crew almost. Right. Uh, he he had, he made it a happy ending uh, rather than, well, at least we sacrificed ourselves to stop this ultimate evil. You know, because the second half of that, the doctor spent half the episode just dangling from a rope. Yeah. So, you know, going down and exploring the pit. Yeah. That's uh, there was a lot of things that he had to say while he was doing that. I mean, but as far as physical activities, he was dangling from a rope for a big chunk of that second half of that story. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. But then, of course, we get to Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. Yeah. In a first for Doctor Who, where we get, you know, both the Cybermen and the Daleks. Which is really going to be interesting when we're doing our review episodes, because we're going to have to cover it twice. Yeah. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Oh, darn. We have to rewatch an episode or two of Doctor Who. Oh, shame. We'll we'll just cover it from two different angles. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's, you know, we'll focus more on the Daleks in one and the Cybermen in the other whenever we do the Cybermen. And uh, folks, just a heads up, you guys will probably get to help us determine whether or not we do the Master or the Cybermen next um, once we finish with the Daleks. So... And then after we do that, we can move on to something else. Exactly. Exactly. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Rose gets to see Dad again. He kind of breaks the laws of, um, 
you know, parallel universes and comes on over to help save the day. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but he actually was the one that came up with the technology to be able to make this happen. Is that right? He helped at least he at least helped to develop it. Um, but yeah, he they their universe was a little bit ahead of the current of our universe, and so they saw what was happening and you know experienced the aftermath of, of this, and so they're like, well, we just need to you know get the doctor and help them and you know that sort of thing. I think that's what happened. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was their motivation uh, behind breaking through. Um, uh, that was part of it. They were actually looking for the doctor was part of that. Uh, and I think it was both Peter and Mickey that uh, worked together on that plan. Yeah. But uh, she gets to see dear old dad, gets to introduce her mom to dad, which is weird for them. I, I like the the interact the first interaction between Peter and Jackie when it's like you know, <laughs> hi. Um, you realize you're you know you're not my wife because you know, she she died, and uh, oh come here you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know and and, and and your Peter he he. He died. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you know, they're, they're sort of like dancing around. Well, you know, this. You know, you're not my Jackie. You're not my Peter. But oh, forget it. You know, who cares if it's a parallel universe? But We're gonna funny, make it work. The funny thing I thought about that particular scenario was uh, the alternate universe of each one of them was actually the version that each one of them preferred in the first place. Yes. You know, because even though Jackie loved Peter, you know, from her own universe, he was not successful. He was always trying to be successful and failed at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and she loved him in spite of it, but then the Peter from the alternate universe was successful. You know, whereas Jackie... Uh, from his universe started out as somebody who had ambition to, you know, be uh, high society or whatever. Uh, whereas the Jackie from this universe um, was humble in comparison to the other version in, of Jackie. In comparison. We were- <laughs> uh, she still was feisty and, and, and she was a spitfire and everything, but she wasn't um she wasn't somebody who had to have a higher opinion of herself than other people is what i'm trying right. to say right um right she still had those ambitions and things but she didn't look down on other people right. and that was something that he disliked about his jackie was the fact that she always looked down on other people um yeah. and so the two of them actually ended up kind of fitting together better than their counterparts mm-hmm. uh, from, you know the the dead counterparts i should say right right which is kind of funny so rose gets to bring her family back together uh which is great and wonderful for her and she sort of sends them off back to the parallel universe but she's going to stay with the doctor and help defeat the final you know help be there for the final phase of the the battle and send all the Daleks and Cybermen into the void 
Right. She was so stubborn about it that she actually brought herself back after being transported in the first place. Yeah. You know. And then, then she removed the device so that nobody could send her back again. Exactly. Exactly. So. But, you know, she, in her effort to help the doctor and to help save the world, puts herself in a very dangerous and precarious position. She's about to be sucked into the void, you know, horrible, horrible thing right in front of the doctor. And Peter Tyler transports in at the last minute, catches her before she falls into the void and transports her back to the parallel universe, which is basically the only way that she's going to be safe uh, until, you know, further notice, which is great on the one hand because she's still alive, but horrible on the other hand because she is not there with the doctor. Right. She and the doctor both, you know, that's the... that's the worst part of all this. And when the void was closed, it locked the uh, the universes to keep people from being able to teleport. Mm-hmm. But she does get to say goodbye. The Doctor burns up a star to almost completely say goodbye. Yeah, he, right, at, he, he's, right at the moment he's about to tell her how he feels about yeah, her. Where he's about to bear his soul for all to hear, at least all of us to hear. The star burns out, and he stops transmitting, and he just sort of stops. And you see him crying. You see him crying. You see her crying, standing there in Bad Wolf Bay yeah. in Norway. Which is where she got the name for her other personality from. Yep. Because she could look into her own future and see that. Yes, and I think it's important to point out that when she is Bad Wolf, she is not Rose Tyler. There is a distinct difference. Uh, Rose does not have memories of being Bad Wolf. Right. Right. But that's not the last we see of Rose Tyler. In Series 4, as Donna is getting ready to you know, join the Doctor on the TARDIS, she runs into this... This girl who wants to know what's going on and, uh, or, or no, she runs into this girl who she tells, um, who Donna tells, you know, just tell this, this confused lady that been there and she'll know what's going on. Um, and we find out that that's Rose Tyler. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, I really liked this, but on the other hand, I didn't because I liked Donna so much that I was like, you can't give us just one episode where they go off together before letting us know that Rose is coming back. You know, I was like, you, could have, you couldn't <laughs> have waited a little bit later in the season, sort of established Donna for a little bit. But that was one of my little things with that season. While I loved getting all the companions back and seeing them all work together, it was like, you can't just let Donna stand on her own for a while with the Doctor because she is kind of, you know, able to do that. But that was my one little thing that kind of annoyed me about that uh, that season. Well, but you don't see Rose again until uh, the third to the last episode of that season, right? Well, you see her very briefly in Midnight um, after the the tourist shuttle basically okay. shut down. Yeah, I forgot they, about that. 
the screens have all fallen down and they're, they're playing whatever rose appears on one of the screens behind the doctor. Uh, but then it, it, you know, fizzes, you know, yeah, I forgot about out. that. Um, and I only know that because I watched midnight like last week. So, um, but then <laughs> she shows up in turn left. Right. Uh, that's where she makes her more prominent appearances. Yes. Uh, Donna has, you know, gotten herself into a situation where this insect entity, uh, there's a lot of very highly intelligent insects in Doctor Who, just pointing that out. Uh, I um, don't know if you noticed it or not, and w- this is just a really quick sidebar. Um, that was actually almost like a callback to the uh, spider episodes. Did you notice that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> that's uh, There was a... I forget what the... Uh, the name of the storyline is Planet of the Spiders, I think, is the name of the story. Yeah. Um, Sarah Jane. With Sarah Jane Smith and the third Doctor. It's actually the third Doctor's final final storyline. It's where he regenerates at the end. But total callback because the spiders mm-hmm. uh, will jump on the back and, you know, sort of go out of sync in time slightly so that they seem mm-hmm. invisible. Um and help kind of control the people that they're, uh, you know, trying to, to manipulate. But uh, total callback to what's happening to Donna. But Rose keeps showing up in Donna's life as her life goes away that it shouldn't. Finally, Rose is able to get to Donna and get her to believe what's going on uh, and help and this... put Donna back on the right track. This is where we find out that Rose has been wor- working with Torchwood from the alternate universe. And that she is now a prominent member of Torchwood in the alternate alternate universe. And yeah. uh, they have developed the technology <clears throat> to uh, not only uh, travel through time, but also travel through space. Uh, and they are somehow able to breach the the void and send Rose back to this reality. Right. Uh, which, you know, it's a good thing they do because, you know, Stolen Earth and Journey's End, the Daleks are back. Yeah. And um, she is able to help solve that situation. Um, by the way, great <laughs> callback. <laughs> In that episode to the Dalek invasion of Earth, yes, most definitely. Um, I was that was one of my um, favorite things because I watched the, okay. I watched those episodes uh, a couple nights ago, and I don't know I about flipped you, uh, out when they I referenced. I don't know if you if you thought about it this way or not, but I actually thought about it this way. I was thinking that the Dalek invasion of Earth was directly connected to the events of this episode. In that this was their first attempt to do what they successfully ended up doing in this episode. That's that's sort of the idea that we're that we're given. But I know there's a more direct connection coming up in a later Dalek episode to the Dalek invasion of Earth. But that's not the first, you know. But you know, well, the first attempt on the Daleks timeline, but not on Earth's timeline. You lost me. In other words, the Daleks uh, traveled back in time to 
the 22nd, is that right? The 22nd century, mm-hmm. uh, for their first attempt to try to steal the earth. Um, and then the second time on the Daleks timeline, they came back further in time to our current time and successfully stole the earth. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Yes. But yeah, they, uh, they did steal the earth this time and now we know why they stole the earth. Uh, you know, we find that out over 40 years later, as far as, you know, the show is concerned, we finally get the reason as to why <laughs> the Daleks wanted to pilot the earth away. So See, I didn't make that connection the first time that I watched the Dalek invasion of earth. I, I didn't either. So. Uh, I didn't get that until, you know, after we did our <laughs> review of the Dalek invasion of earth a couple of weeks ago and then watching, uh, the stolen earth <laughs> and journey's end a couple nights ago, I went, Oh my goodness. That's what this is all about. You know, Ding! <laughs> it was great. Um, but anyway, Rose is there. Uh, she and, you know, just about every other companion that they could squeeze in from the new series. Plus Sarah Jane and K nine, uh, get shoved into these two episodes, which is great. Um, I love these two episodes. It's great. And they all get to, you know, reunite at the end there. You know, Sarah Jane and Rose sort of get to shove a Dalek off to the side and while saying, oh, nice to see you again. You too. It's been a long time. You know, that sort of thing, (laughs) you know, from opposite ends of the Dalek. Um, You know, just ignore the Dalek between the two of you. No, don't worry about that. Um, (laughs) But, of course, in the procession of the storyline, the doctor sort of has another one of him made, um, thanks to Donna, which, you know, a little weird. Some unfortunate things happen, and the doctor has to drop off the doctor in the alternate universe um, with Rose when he takes her back. And she's not very happy that she has to go back to this alternate universe. The alternate version of the doctor is more human than he is Time Lord. Right. Uh, and so while he's got all the memories of the Doctor, he's only got one heart, um, and he's going to age at a human rate rather than a Time Lord rate. Rose is not very happy that she has to be returned to this alternate Earth because, you know, technically in our Earth, she's considered dead at the Battle of Canary Wharf, which was where she first, you know, went to the... the parallel earth and it would just cause too many paradoxes to keep her to bring her back and so the doctor in order to you know save his alternate self leaves himself with rose because that makes sense um no (laughs) but which uh, you know honestly leaves us another uh loophole uh for future you know, who episodes if they ever want to bring David Tennant back for some reason yeah. uh, to play the alternate doctor. Right. And and they could explain the fact that he looks older, you know. Because he's aging at a human rate. Exactly. Exactly. So. You got to love it. They, they've, they've totally <laughs> left it open for David Tennant to return. Um, not that I think they'll they'll do that because they'd have to bring Billy Piper and Rose back in. And they've already done that now, you know, they've resurrected the character again. Uh, but Rose gets to stay with the doctor and they, they mm-hmm. do, they, 
the implication is that they fall in love and get married. You know, is and they live a long life right. together. Um, and so she finally gets her doctor in the way that she hoped and desired, uh, which is wonderful, you know, little happy ending for Rose Tyler. Uh, of course, the doctor, yeah. not so much. He kind of gets to see Rose fall in love with, with another dude, another one of him <laughs> that isn't really him. The doctor's life is complicated. Yeah. Um, but that about wraps up Rose. Uh, That's almost like saying, I'm going to give my girlfriend to my twin brother. And yeah, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> or my clone, you know, if we had cloning, um, it's like, you know, I cloned myself. You can marry him. Even though we're the ones that went on all the adventures, you know. Okay, now you're just getting into multiplicity. It's weird. <laughs> it's a paradox inside of a paradox inside of a paradox. You, nope. You've seen multiplicity, right? No, I haven't. <laughs> you have not? No. Oh, dude, you need to watch that. It's so funny. Okay. <laughs> I'll add that to my ever-growing list of TV shows and movies that I should watch. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He, but he he has he has himself and then he has number one and number two and number three. Oh dear! <laughs> uh, and each one uh, is totally different part of his personality. Oh dear! Uh, yeah, and I sort bet they like, don't actually remember what the other one has done, do they? Uh, well, once they're once they're created, they uh, they have uh, completely separate memories from one another. They remember everything up to the point where they were created the way that he remembers it. And then from there they diverge. Uh, so they can be- become completely different people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that uh-huh. creates a lot of awkward situations. <laughs> um, yeah. Especially with his wife. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, okay. Because Let's come he- back to Dr. Who. Cause this is really getting awkward. <laughs> Wow. Well, you know, what I was referring to is the fact that one is put in charge of this part of his life and one is put in charge of this part of his life because the whole point is that he doesn't have enough time in the day to take care of everything he needs to take care of. So mm-hmm. he clones himself and puts a different clone in, in charge of a different aspect of his life. So, you know, one is more one of his more of his feminine side, one is more of his masculine side, and then uh you have another one that is a copy of a copy. <clears throat> and of course, you know, the copy of a copy is not nearly as sharp as the original, right? Right. <laughs> so. Oh dear. <laughs> I'm glad the doctor doesn't have quite those issues. <laughs> oh. Can you imagine the mayhem? <laughs> oh dear. Well, you know, it's almost the same as having, you know, the five doctors or the three doctors or. <laughs> You know, that's the, that was the entire reason I brought it up in the first place was because, you know, they're all the same dude, but they're different aspects of that dude. So it's kind of like the doctor, you know, when you have three doctors in one episode, you know, each doctor has a different personality because they're like we said before, like turning a diamond. So you're looking at a different side of that diamond. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same diamond, but it, you know has a completely different personality. So it's sort of the same type of scenario, you know, and there's the perfect segue to talk about the 50th anniversary. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> See, you read my mind. Exactly. So, um, Rose Tyler sort of kind of makes an appearance in the 50th anniversary. Not really. The moment decides to take on the persona, the, the visual persona of someone from the doctor's life in order to make interacting with the moment easier to do. Of course, she picks somebody from the doctor's timeline that the war doctor hasn't met yet, so that's a little awkward. Well, the implication, too, is that this is very possibly Bad Wolf. It is. It's possibly Bad Wolf. um, But, of course, the moment exists, can see, you know, all time and space, which is probably why she locked on to Bad Wolf Rose Tyler, because Bad Wolf Rose Tyler also had the ability for a brief moment to see in all of time and space, you know, uh, that, you know, they sort of connect that way. But of course the doctor has no idea who she is, um, which makes for some funny situations, especially when, you know, David Tennant is present and he goes, Oh, that bad wolf girl was right. And Tennant's like, bad wolf. What did you say? Bad wolf. (laughs) Um, and you know, we can see the moment, and the war doctor can see the moment, but nobody right. else can. And it's like, oh, Ten, just look to your right, and he's right there. And, oh. You know. Oh, yeah. So, well, it's and, not really Rose Tyler, it's kind of Rose Tyler. But uh, the, the she interesting... Sort of, she, she sort of takes on some of the characteristics a little bit. The interesting thing about it, though, is that this is sort of like Rose's last... Uh, at least for now, her last uh, moment of impacting the doctor to make the right decision. No pun intended. Um, um, <laughs> moment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're, you're right, because uh, throughout <laughs> her entire uh, time traveling with the doctor, Rose has been nothing for the most part, nothing but a positive influence on the doctor and encouraging him to make the right decision, which is what he needs, especially after the time war, um, you know, from all of his companions. And we see that um, also with Martha and with Donna in particular as well. Uh, But Rose sort of set that trend and she will forever have a special place in the doctor's heart uh, because she was the first one to really bring him back from the brink. And that's... That's just a good thing. So, any any wrap up thoughts on Rose? Because I think I'm I'm kind of done. Are you rosed out? I'm not rosed out. Um, <laughs> she's not one of my favorite compa- my top favorite companions. Um, but I do like her. She's always you know it's always good to have Rose on the scene because you know like you said earlier she's got a nice quip and. Uh, well, you know, course, like I said, you know, with the way I watched Doctor Who, it was just sort of, you know, very much a, you know, rush through. And so I didn't get the chance to fall in love with a lot of characters that some people did. Although Donna grabbed me. but You know, we said before that uh, that our, our top five or top eight or whatever you want to call it uh, <laughs> continually changes, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I binge watched uh, the first. Well, I'll just be honest. I binge watched every single Rose Tyler episode, uh, with the exception of the 50th anniversary. Um, <laughs> in preparation for this, in a week. <laughs> yeah, 
And I will have to say that she is probably in my top eight again at this point uh, because of the fact that, you know, I had forgotten some things about her that I've come back and, and, and noticed and, and, you know, kind of fallen in love with Rose all over again, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that happens no matter to whichever companion or whichever character you go back and you start rewatching their episodes after a while, you know, it's like, oh, I've totally forgot how much I loved this character. Uh, and that, you know, that sort of happened with me with the ninth doctor, with Christopher Eccleston's doctor, when I, you know, started this watch through and finally got back to the new who. I now just have the 10th Doctor specials, and then I'm on to the 11th, which is exciting. So hopefully I'll be able to watch them all before uh, September 19th, but I should be able to. But anyways, um, (laughs) and keep up with our reviews. Yeah, Um, that's the fun part. That's the fun part, is is doing my watch through and taking time out for watching the review episodes that we have to do. (laughs) And still having time for Star Wars. Oh, (laughs) yeah. And real life. That's the kicker. Um, but anyways, Real life? What's that? <laughs> it's a job. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, that I would say school, but I graduated. So yeah, Work gets in the way. Work, it does. It does. <laughs> yeah. But family. Family is very important, so you can't forget family. But well, anyways. That's, that's the fun part of real life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no... It, if I were to sit down and rewatch, you know, series one and two again, I'd probably have a lot more to say about uh, Rose Tyler than I do right now. But as I said, you know, with her, where I am in my watch through, Donna and her departure is very fresh on my mind. And I'm like, like oh, Donna. Um, well, see, I got to experience that all over again, too. So <laughs> <laughs> with a bit more Rose going into it, though. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I love Rose. She's a great companion. And probably the perfect companion to reintroduce and restart uh, Doctor Who again with the the new series. So, um, uh, and hopefully we'll see Ramada at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But any other any closing thoughts about Rose Tyler? Like I said, I fell in love with Rose all over again. So that's about as good as it gets. Awesome. Okay, well, um, I think that about wraps up our first ever companion breakdown, uh, which has been a lot of fun. I think it was a success. Uh, Please. Rabbit rabbit trails and all. Oh, yes. (laughs) But, you know, we we talk. This This hobby is all about talking, and so you can't help but go on rabbit trails when you're just talking um talking time lords haha <laughs> yes <laughs> that may be our thing is where can we slip in our talking time lords joke um <laughs> but anyway uh of course if you want to you know continue the discussion and talk with us uh, you know tell us how you feel about rose uh go ahead and follow us uh, like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Talking Time Lords. Follow us on Twitter at Talking Time Lord. You can also email us, talkingtimelords at gmail.com. And all of our webs- our, uh, our episodes can also be found at talkingtimelords.com, as well as on YouTube. Uh, yes. Just search Talking Time Lords. And uh, 
We're we're working on episode four. It's a little bit of a different episode, and uh, Paul's had to come up with some new ways of putting the video together. So uh, be patient. It is about you know it's within a couple of days of being put up. So um, probably by the time this episode goes live, it should be online. So uh, that's the plan. That's the plan. But uh, we'd really love to get your feedback on Rose. Um, maybe I'll, I'll post something about that tomorrow. Um, we do need to talk about what our next review episode is going to be about. Yes. Uh, next episode, we're going to go back to our, our Dalek episode reviews. And we are going to be reviewing uh, the Dalek's Master Plan. Although this is a 12-part episode. Well, yes, 13 part <laughs> storyline and so because it is a 13 part storyline we will be breaking it into two episodes we'll do uh the first half probably the first seven episodes six or seven we'll do the first six or seven episodes uh next uh our, for an episode nine and then episode 10 we will uh wrap up the daleks master plan which is the final time the first doctor encounters the daleks so uh, it is important to point out that there are some incomplete episodes in this. Uh, they have reconstructions that can be viewed. Uh, and if you're interested in seeing these episodes, uh, contact us on Facebook and we can get you information for that. Yeah, we can. We'll, we'll post some links to where we found to the reconstructions that we'll be watching um, for our review. Uh, and we'll, we'll post those on our Facebook and Twitter uh, accounts. So. Uh, if you want to watch these, if you're curious about these, because they are, most of the episodes are incomplete and are only available in reconstructions, um, look for the links on our Facebook and Twitter accounts. So, any other final thoughts before we wrap up this episode, Paul? Having a ball, brother. Uh, I am too. <laughs> I, I think this. I think this episode was a success, and uh, I look forward to doing more character character breakdowns so can't we just have to figure out who we're gonna do next yes and if you have an idea about who we should do next feel free to let us know on our facebook twitter or email so yes all right well that wraps up this episode of talking time lords this has been episode number eight rose for Paul, I'm Jason, and until next time, may you hope far-flung hopes and dream impossible dreams. Thanks, guys. Talking Time Lords is a proud member of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Visit thunderquack.com to see their entire catalog of podcasts, or visit patreon.com slash thunderquack to help support the shows. <laughs>